Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome back to star fellows your favorite DD podcast in a galaxy far far away i am your dungeon master rob and with me as always are my friends hannah hello amelia hello and brennan good morning good morning to you too when we last left off the crew was reunited with the Jedi Master Ugle, Maxi Mule, and a new Jedi that most of the party had not encountered before, Kobe Cornelius. Uh, Kobe Cornelius, of course, being the Jedi Master for L before their disappearance. Um, and not faked death, but uh, prolonged absence with the implication that they were dead. And it's all about the implication, as we know. It's all about um, the implications. <laughs> uh, that conversation revealed that L had lost a duel to an unknown Cathar agent on the planet Rhodia while searching for the Order of Bendu, after which uh, his body and lightsaber disappeared into the thick wild jungle of the planet. Rama found the last recorded message from Rosie in which she wishes the party farewell as she's about to die and reveals that she had cut a deal with the Hive and in particular Queen Meloronin uh, to replicate the power of the Orb of the One Mind into an artificial intelligence that she could then sell. Um, she failed to do this, which led to the attack on her uh, base of operations. So after all of that, the crew is at the Jedi Temple recuperating while the threat of the Hive and the Red Maw looms large over Coruscant. Um, the last, actual last thing we did was have a little conversation with Cecil. Um, I'm going to say that like, since you guys have got to the Jedi Order, you've needed some time to like rest and recuperate. So I'm gonna say like a few days has kind of gone by quietly while like l kind of lays low with uh master cornelius uh i think hannah i think uh akala like definitely needed to spend some time in the hospital <laughs> after yeah, the various absolutely. After injuries being 
cut in half by a lizard guy. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Rama, uh, you're just kind of around the Jedi Temple as well. Um, you just like bunked in a spare room and kind of like lay, like you know, set up shop and uh, I, lay I like, low as well. So I like where we're going? <laughs> I just like to think I'm just wandering around in full Mandalorian armor. Just yeah, we did a whole side uh, like, <laughs> spinoff show just for Rama in the in the Jedi Temple. I can only imagine there. like accidentally <laughs> just <laughs> knock over a sacred Jedi object or something or <laughs> spill coffee the on text. a Jedi text yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I think like definitely like so the first night that you get there Rama like you're like wandering around like the mess hall and there's a bunch of like little Jedi younglings <laughs> and like other like kind of like Jedi around kind of taking care of things oh. and uh, um, Maxi comes up to you like looking at you kind of just dazed and says <clears throat> uh, are you looking for something Mr. Byron uh yeah, just, uh, so what do you call this place, anyway? Uh, this would be the cafeteria. Uh, no, like the, the building around it. Oh, uh, the Jedi Temple. Um. But y'all live here. Yes, uh. You guys the live at church? Oh, uh, it's, well, it's a bit more complicated than just, like, living as a church. I mean, the ziggurat itself is, like, a highly important, like, mystical locale for the Jedi Order. It's our, it's our home, and kind of the wellspring of our like, knowledge and wisdom, and uh, it's also, like, a, a seat of political power because it was um, reclaimed from the Sith um, at multiple points throughout history when there were invasions and counter-invasions. Of Coruscant. So it's not, like, a, just a, a church. It's kind of, like, a whole symbol of our order, you uh, lost me at a, a ziggurath. Can you uh, start over there? Um, right. So like a ziggurat is, and he just kind of like goes and explains like a lot of things that kind of go uh, over your head. Uh, completely. Rob is like asleep under the helmet, but thank goodness for the helmet. <laughs> um, he kind of like is talking for a while. And he's like, oh dear, I completely lost him. Um, Rama, wake up. Yeah, yeah, right um, here, right here. Listen, uh, great chatting with you. Um, I just wanted to let you know that we've cleared some things with uh, security and with the council, and you will be allowed to stay temporarily um, since you are apparently very integral to the operations of um, Okula and what she's doing right now, and also um, have been around L quite a bit, and so you might need to be called into questioning um, over the next few days. Uh, anyway, so here is a... Um, a visitor's badge, um, and just some, some paperwork I'll need you to fill out about, um, you know, just like name, date of birth, um, personal information, you know, known assets and associates, just so that the Jedi Order has a bit more information, um, about who you are while you're on our ground, so, uh, he hands you just like a, um, like a manila folder and like a plastic, like, clip-on visitor's badge, um, that he doesn't really, like, know. a con badge with a lanyard. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know what, sometimes when you go to, like, a city hall or, like, a high school, and they have, you put on the sticker with, like, a name, and, like... Does it have a picture of just my helmet? I'm not sure how useful the helmet is, but I I like to think it's just a Mandalorian helmet, like, the shoulder up. I mean, the the helmet's useful because you're not gonna take it off. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's not like there's a whole lot of Mandalorian helmets around the Jedi Temple, you know? Um, 
Right. So he like kind of struggles on like where to actually like, clip the badge onto, and then he's just like, um, you know what? Well, just like and he like finds like a little like thing on your belt to put it on, <laughs> um, to like clip it on like one of the leather like satchels you have. Hot. Um. <laughs> uh. Right. Well, and he you, kind of uh, like. Thank you, Father Maxi. I'll tell you, it's uh, I've always wanted to be a Jedi. Thank you for inducting me into your order. Oh, uh, uh, well, that did not happen. Um, but uh, don't call me father. I'm not. I'm supposed to have a family connection. Um, Mr. Maxi is fine. Um, May the force Mr. be alongside you. And I'm going to walk away. Was he fucking with me there? I think he was. Or maybe he's just an idiot. <laughs> um, anyway, well, so. Akala. You go to, uh, you get transferred to the hospital wing um, of the like Jedi Order facilities in order to have your, uh, yeah, your sword wounds, your vibra sword wounds that you got across your chest while fighting Kazak, like tended to actually, um, they were like very deep cuts, like they were like hitting like rib bones and such, um, and so needed like a bit more careful medical attention than could be provided just like on the battlefield or by uh, old Davies little syring- syringes, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so you go to the hospital and like much of like the next like day and a half is kind of a blur as you're given like various like anesthetics and drugs to help you like deal with the pain and the uh, like discomfort of being operated on. Um, but you get patched up relatively quickly and uh, during the night you are sleeping soundly in a hospital bed. Most of the equipment has been disconnected from you. Um, you just have like an IV in. And you're sleeping soundly. Um, Soul, your shield, is like propped up against the wall fairly close by. Um, It's, you know, just kind of Jedi common practice that even in the hospital, got to keep your light weapon nearby. Um, You get woken up um, because you sense like a large presence looming over you. And uh, as you kind of flutter your eyes open, you recognize the standing figure of your Jedi Master, Jedi Ugly. Um, and he says in a very like low and quiet tone, Get up, Akalo. We have places to go. Ugly, uh, is everything okay? Yes. Just follow me. Um, and he like disconnects like the IV from your arm. <laughs> What the fuck? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I get up, I guess. Kind of have to. Don't really have a choice, do I? Um, he kind of, he, like, looks at your hospital gown for a second and is like, oh, right. And then he pulls out, um, like, a set of, like, essentially, like, traveling clothes, like, pants and, like, a shirt so that you can walk around freely. Um, he also brought you, like, a pair of boots. And so he, like, turns around and, like, closes the curtain while you get changed. <laughs> yes. So... Once you guys are ready to go, he, like, leads you quietly out of the hospital. Um, you hear, like, the faint, like, beeps and, like, mechanical noises of nursing drones, um, like, walking around and, like, other medical personnel um, that are on, like, the late shift. And you exit the medical wing out into the grounds of the Jedi Order's facilities. Um, and it is, like, the dead of night. <laughs> it is, like, a moonless, um, like, cloudy night. It feels like it must be, like, one or two in the morning. And Master Ugly like leads you quietly across like the grass fields of the Jedi Order's facilities, heading north towards the mountains. Um, it's like a warm like spring night, and you can hear crickets and cicadas um, 
like sound off as you make your way to the edge of the like grounds of the temple and there's like forest that starts to spring up um, and you guys walk kind of quietly just like over some woodland paths um, during this do you just walk silently and follow or do you ask any questions master can I ask where we're going um, he turns to you and says we head to the mountains um, and you guys continue to walk for it takes about like 45 minutes but eventually you make your way through the woods and you come to a stone uh, stairway that is at the base of the Sangti Mountains which like border and kind of surround the northern edge of the Jedi Order and the Jedi Temple um, and you see that as you get to the stone path um, lanterns that are on stone pikes at like various points on the path up the mountain all like light up with like this orange glow like illuminating this mountain path um, your master gestures towards the stone path and says and now we climb um, go ahead and make me um, an athletics check just to see how well you're able to get up the mountain ah that's a dirty 20 Dirty 20, uh, <laughs> you do quite well then. Um, you like feel like a, a nice like spring in your step after like staying in the hospital, getting some R&R, getting a lot of like advanced medicine pumped into your system, um, giving you kind of this like somewhat artificial like spring in your step um, as you kind of regain your strength and you just bound up these mountain steps. Um, and so you, uh, it takes about like a full like hour of like hard hiking up these mountainsides um, to get to the end of the path. Um, the stones as you ascend the mountain get cragglier and cragglier and the stairs look more cracked and worn. Um, and you start to notice like less and less signs that people have been up here recently. Like at the beginning of the stone path you'd see like markers on trees and like other things like signifying that it was well trodden. But now at the height of this, like it seems very ancient and like the structures made here were very old. And you come to the mouth of a dark cave. Above the cave um, is a slab, a circular slab of stone that has been hoisted above the mouth of the cave by a series of ropes. And on the slab of stone is a carving of the symbol of the Jedi Order, which is like a central star with like kind of a lightsaber shape surrounded by wings. Um, Uglay, after a few minutes, like catches up to you. Um, he is a bigger frog, <laughs> like Ithorian, so it takes him a little bit longer to make himself, like get himself up the mountain. Um, but when he catches up to you, he uh, is huffing a little bit and says, okay into the cave okay i go into the cave <laughs> okay he does not follow you um you take a few steps into the cave and you notice very quickly that this is just like a pitch black cave and as you like cross the threshold of the open mouth of the cave it that that threshold disappears behind you in darkness um go ahead and make me a perception check i do have dark vision just FYI. Okay. So you know. Uh, that is a 22 for perception. 
22. Um, yeah. You know that this cave is clearly um, attuned very powerfully with the Force, that there is like a lot of trickery going on um, in this cave. So, with your night vision, you take like a few tentative steps into the cave. Um, there is like no sound. Uh, you can't like hear anything that was like coming on the outside, like no crickets, no more cicadas. Um, and a like swirling like white mist kind of like glows in front of you, and then it solidifies into the shape of a tall Tegruton man in a striking three-piece like charcoal gray suit with a black tie. Um, and he appears like very real from this like faint white mist and he steps up to where a podium would be and he leans on empty air and he takes a deep breath and says ladies and gentlemen I regret that I must stand before you today to discuss the very dire state of our community Sheely has been attacked by an unknown force of hostile intruders the early skirmishes have tallied death tolls in the hundreds of thousands. We desperately need support from the Republic, from each other, from anybody that we can contact. And then the mist swirls again. Um, and Akala, you see a very familiar Tegruton woman. Um, your mother, Shua, struggling with a patient um, whose arms had been cut off by some sort of light weapon. Um, and you see her, like, scrambling over a table um, in an invisible operating room, trying and failing to save the life of what appears to be this wounded pilot. Um, the mist swirls again, and a new figure steps into view and you see yourself in heavy battle armor with soul in your hand glowing not like a typical like warm orange golden glow but a wrathful crimson um, and in the other hand is a wicked looking cross guarded saber and there is like blood on your boots and you look like you are like worn from a day of combat um, and you say in this mist we could save them Protect your parents. No one we know or care about has to get hurt. We just need to leave. Abandon restrictions and rules. And abandon the order. Then we can do what we want. And no one has to know. Um. I'm gonna back towards the exit. Okay. Can I exit? You cannot seem to find the exit. Like, you, like, start searching all around, like, where you think it might have been, and all you find is just hard stone. Do I have soul with me? You do have soul with you. Okay, I'm gonna turn it on. Okay. Um, so now instead of just, like, the harsh, like, red glow in the cave, there is also the, like, warm, like, comforting sunlight glow of soul. So now, like, the two like radiant colors coming from these light weapons are like clashing in the middle of the cave and kind of like creating this like warbling effect of color um like at the halfway point between you um your shadow form of yourself says 
Would you cling so close to something that's caused you so much pain? They're waiting out there for us, Akka. Our parents. They need our help. I'm gonna throw soul at the at the projection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um what's the what's the save that the, the like an enemy has to make to to do that again? I mean it's just like a plus six to hit or plus five to hit. Okay, okay, so so yeah, roll to hit. Uh that's a ten. Probably not. Ten, I mean it's projection, ten. so Let's maybe. <laughs> um, 10 doesn't hit um, yeah so like you throw soul and like a shadow version of yourself like like imitates your movements basically and throws their own shield and dodges yours um, um, okay so they, they're definitely gonna hit um, you're gonna take okay so you take 4 psychic damage so you like feel like in your mind the lightsaber hit your arm and like open up fresh wounds, but you're taking psychic damage. It's not you like know on an intuitive level that the actual burn wounds are not there. Um, the swirling uh, figure in front of you says, "We're just the same, Aka. We're the same as we ever were when we were learning how to craft speeches." save people's lives. The Jedi Order wants to restrict our talents, not improve them. When there's people dying on our own planet, who can think about rules at a time like that? You can take L with us, too. I'm gonna throw my shield again. Do it. <laughs> ah, that's a nat 20. So 25. Nat 20. Definitely does it. Very good nat 20. Um, so you, um... So you're gonna hit, uh, like what? I want you to narrate this for me. What is it like when you when you hit this thing and dispel this like shadow of yourself? Um, I think it's pretty clear that this vision is definitely doing what it's probably supposed to be doing and hitting a nerve with her. So just in both anger and anxiety, she just fucking take like turns fight or flight on and for her that's fight right now and just whips soul at her like straight down the middle amazing yeah so you uh i'd like to think it like comes like very quickly after l is name dropped it's just like you could yeah. bring l with us <laughs> immediately throwing soul again um yeah you cut this like vision of yourself in half and like a physical body does seem to like fall forward and kind of like smolder with a lightsaber cut and as the smoke dissipates you see like the faces of all the people that like could tempt your emotions away from the jedi order like flash across it like you see um joru your father uh shua your mother you see l you see your face too and then you see the smoke disappear and the cave illuminates um torches light up um on the sides of the cave um, and you see um, at the back, like, end of the cave, like, you see that this place, like, isn't all that big. Um, but at the back end of the cave, you see, like, a rotting ladder that leads up into a trapdoor. All right. I mean, if that's the only way to go, that's the only way to go. Let's go. Okay. Um, so you climb up the ladder. Give me um, a strength check to open the trapdoor. <laughs> 
15. 15 does it. Yeah, you are able to easily like just like <clears throat> like push up really hard, opens it. Um, you climb up the ladder and you find yourself um, in like a stone hallway that like goes on for about 30 feet, but then opens up into a like courtyard at like the zenith of this mountaintop. Um, when you walk forward into this open area, you see that like hidden in these mountain peaks, there is this like large flat stone area with a monument in the center. And around this monument are like stonehenge like rock formations that have like long since crumbled away from what they were originally like placed as and like were trying to represent. And in the center of this like circular monument is a small floating elderly woman who you recognize as Master Grimwald. Um, Master Grimwald, um, of course, is missing one of her arms and is wearing a long hooded shawl that trails down uh, and like brushes lightly against the ground. So she's floating um, with her legs crossed about six feet up from the ground. Um, and you hear her voice like resonate in this like stone, uh, like holy site says, um, come forward, Akla, you've done very well. Um, and like opens her arms out to you. Um, okay, yeah, I'm gonna approach her. Um, what is that cave? That was the cave of wills. To advance your place as a Jedi, acolytes are expected to overcome three trials. You have passed all three. You have survived an ordeal of flesh, several times actually, most recently at the hands of a Trandoshan's greatsword. You have endured a trial of the wills, resisting the temptations of the cave, the reflections of its deepest desires, and you've also resisted the will of a very powerful force object in the ring of crimson life, I hear. And you have also demonstrated yourself as a capable agent in your work investigating the Red Maw, the artifacts, and in the slaying of Veltzerakiad. For your dedicated service, your unshakable resolve, and most importantly, the quality of your heart. You have been promoted to the rank of Jedi Knight. Um, and as you kind of like, like come close, um, she gestures for you to kneel. Um, and she pulls out her own light weapon, um, which is a like very uh, slender, but like very long, like rapier shaped uh, lightsaber. So like very thin. Um, and she does the thing where she touches each shoulder um, with, I mean, not actually touches it because that would burn you, but right. <laughs> uh, but but knights you with her light rapier. Um, it shines a, uh, a very like lovely and like uh, pleasant powdered pink. Um, and uh, she puts her light weapon away and says, with your promotion, you are also being inducted formally into the order of the Sentinels. And with that, 
I present to you your mantle. Um, and she presents to you a like hood and cloak, very similar in style to hers, although like less long and flowy because you can't just like float perpetually off the ground like the Grand Master can. <laughs> um, and she presents to you, yes, uh, a flowing um, like dark gray like base colored uh, mantle with orange and gold like swirling patterns stitched into it so that it kind of like is evocative of like solar flares stitched into your um, mantle of this robe. Um, this item is called the mantle of the enomic um, <laughs> um, and uh, you already know what this item does um, so you can you can look it up in Star Wars 5e. Um, but it is a, a powerful force attuned uh, object that allows you to use force uh, empowered self options um, with charges from the mantle instead of your force points. So it's just a nifty little thing. And at higher levels, it does other fun things. Um, so yeah, so you are, are gifted this mantle, you are knighted um, and Master Grimwald um, also like rings a small bell that she produces and you feel like this sound of the bell like reverberate across the entire like Sancti mountain range as it echoes along um, and you feel within yourself uh, a swirling sense of pride um, as you have, have passed the tests in order to be promoted to the next stage of Jedi. You have done well this night, but I do not mean to keep you out longer than you need be given your injuries. So, uh, Master Ugle will accompany you back to the Jedi Temple. Um, and Master Ugle, like, appears from out, like, of a, one of the rocks and, like, looks very happy and says, Yay, congratulations, Akka, we're very proud of you. Um, and kind of golf claps for you lightly. <laughs> um, wonderful. And that's the night. Um, Amazing. So you guys are <laughs> able to, to head back without issue um, and go to sleep. Um... The next morning, um, L, you get woken up quite early by your Jedi Master. Um, I take it you're still crashing on Kobe's couch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Zonked out. So he wakes you up, um, and he says, uh, Hey, L, so bad news. Uh, the council's holding a meeting this afternoon to discuss your status within the Jedi Order. Yeah, kind of kind of figured that. Yeah, no. No, I mean like pretty predictable. They're going to they're going to discuss like kind of what the options are. Uh it's been a while since we've had to deal with a situation like this, so um it's probably going to be a lot of arguing. Um and he kind of just like looks like very annoyed at this whole thing. Um that like you can tell that he's just like not a fan of the council at the moment um so anyway uh this afternoon they're gonna hold the meeting um all seven of the council members are gonna be there i'll be there to uh sort of represent you but mostly uh they're going to want to know what you were up to while you were gone from the jedi order why you didn't come back um they're probably gonna try to like figure out the state of your soul um you know kind of like normal fact-finding stuff and then they'll make a decision so uh try to do your best i know you will um 
let's get breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, before that. Yeah. What? What are the the possible outcomes? Oh, um, well, it's kind of a range. Um, the Jedi Order, you know, very long-standing institution, has had to deal with deserters in different ways across different eras. For a long time, um, when the Jedi and Sith were, like, actually at war, like, desertion meant death. Because it was presumed that if you were leaving the Order, you were joining the Sith. We're, that's not really the state of affairs right now, so I find, like, execution probably isn't that likely. Um, but, like, other punish I mean, like, banishment off the planet is, is on the table. They could give you an option um, to, like, try to, like, rejoin the Order, but that's probably unlikely if you don't want to be here. Um, they could also just, like, imprison you. That's not unheard of either. But yeah, uh, like probably not gonna kill you. Cool. Yeah, let's uh, let's go get breakfast. Great. Um, <laughs> so after that uh, disquieting conversation, um, I'm gonna say that you guys just like go to the cafeteria, have breakfast. Um, Akala, this is the morning after your whole experience, um, so I'm gonna say that you can you have freedom over your like position in the Jedi Order right now. Um, I'm gonna say that Rama, you as well. So, uh, where are you two kind of at this morning? Um, I feel like I'm Rama is still just wandering around the Jedi Temple, like on a field trip, being like, "That looks cool." <laughs> These people really do believe in that random uh, force. Anyway, I feel like I just uh, run into hell. Is after wandering, just doing circles around the temple. If hell's up and about, that is. Um, yeah, I'll say that, like, you kind of, like, take a couple laps around the, the Jedi Order, um, definitely, like, wearing down the treads of your boots a little bit, just kind of, like, uncomfortably shifting from place to place. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that you eventually end up in the cafeteria and see, uh, L and, uh, Master Cornelius, um, getting some, some light breakfast. Um, how about you, Han? Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to go about it like a normal day. <laughs> Nothing's different. Everything's good. Um, are are just, you wearing your new mantle? Um, I mean, probably, like, it's like armor, right? So probably not, unless I know I'm going somewhere. Um, gotcha. So, no. But I think cool. Aqua's in a, in a good mood. I think she is very lifted for the first time in a long time. Question. What's the what's the vibe in the cafeteria for hell? <laughs> for like uh sorry, like are you asking like what the general vibe is in the cafeteria or like what is the vibe in relation to L? What is the vibe in relation to L? I assume that in some ways it probably changed when L like <laughs> came. Not like for everyone, because some people are probably like, I don't know who the fuck that is, but like someone had to um, notice. There's definitely like staff and like more established Jedi that like remember you like dying and leaving and coming back and like the like now the council has a meeting schedule like people kind of know like oh that Jedi acolyte like died and then kind of didn't ever come back even though they were still alive so it's like there's like there's a lot of like people there's a lot of people that are like sneaking glances at you and looking at you a bunch um and kind of like whispering to other cohorts kind of about like 
Oh, did you see that like tweet? Like, yeah, it's like L, right? Yeah, they were kind of dead, weren't they? Why didn't they come back? They... Intimidating eye contact. <laughs> Big glares. Not even like glares, but like a, I know you're talking about me kind of thing. Um, you yeah, be you're... more discreet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is coming from like all angles, though. So like if you're like bean bugging, you're like kind of like looking around not, at everybody. Not like... <laughs> like constantly, but like every now and then. Like, if someone yeah. is, like, a little bit... Like, I think, like, maybe once, it, like, someone talks, like, a little bit loudly because it's, like, a thing everyone's talking about, and I give, like, one glance so everyone knows that I'm hearing them, and then it, like, hushes down for a little bit before building back up again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so, like, as, as everybody kind of, like, joins the table, um, and you all, like, kind of sit down with your breakfast. Um, so, uh, I was, uh... How was everyone's evening, huh? Fine. Good. Uh, good. Good, good. Uh, what made it good? I thought you were in the hospital. I, uh, you know, took a night trip with, uh, my master last night, and it was, uh, pretty, pretty productive. Jedi a weird man. Well, uh, I'm glad it was a good evening. Can I insight that, check that? <laughs> yeah, you can insight check it. <laughs> think nothing of it. I'm like sneaking, spooning eggs beneath my helmet to eat. Just like, that's not weird. Anyway. Uh, that's a 22. <laughs> 22? Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think, Han? Do you think that passes? Do you think oh, L yeah. calls? Uh, yeah. 22. I think, cause was L ever a Jedi Knight? I thought so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you did make yeah. Jedi Knight. Yeah, well, so... Yeah, I think so. I think we did say that. You were, like, still, like, early on in, yeah, like, like, being a knight. I think I was... It st- wasn't that's, like, my first big mission after being knight. I think that's what we decided on. Yes. Yeah, it was. So you were still... You were still going places with your master, but it was more... It's more, like, the dynamic in, like, uh, the second Star Wars prequel where, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin are, like, go Like, are, like, partners, basically. Yeah. Um, less than, like, master and apprentice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think you would know exactly what's what's going on then yeah i don't say anything about it but i know <laughs> master court cornelius um like sips his coffee and says uh, congratulations on making jedi knight aquila very big achievement thank you master cornelius you're welcome hey they gave you a promotion of sorts yes. so you're like uh sick so uh now you can do even more force stuff or something uh, it's mostly just a sort of status thing, but uh, it's a triumph over will and physicality and other things. Well, I'm uh, glad someone's career is advancing. Uh, anyway, uh, may you be with the Force. Thank you, Rama. It definitely sounds like you know the right saying, but are, are messing it up on purpose. <laughs> is, that, is that what's going on here? Uh, if it were, just don't tell Maxie. It's, uh, it's been a kind of a thing. Yeah, Cornelius, it's, I found it's best. You just kind of, just let Rama do what Rama does. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, if it's messing with Maxie, then, like, yeah, I'll keep it quiet. Up top. Um. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? He gives you a high five, that's fine. Um. <laughs> It's not like a big like over the top high five. It's actually like more of like a like sideways like kind of like just at table level like knuckle bump where he's like yeah right on like 
<laughs> um, so after like you guys kind of like get s- situated in like start eating, um, Ma- Master Cornelius kind of like catches you up a little bit on the state of the world. Um, so um, we didn't really get a chance to talk about this when we first all reunited, um, but there's been some big level changes uh, going on in the world of Coruscant. Um, the Power and Lights District has been completely quarantined and declared momentarily unlivable uh, because of the Red Maw's activities there. Um, a dark purple mist has sprouted up in the past few days that has covered the zone and a hazy fog, which we interpreted as being um, dangerous, obviously. We can't just let people live in a force-induced fog that could steal their brains. Um, sounds like the people that didn't make it out in time have been possessed. We do know that there's cures for that, but until we can kind of clear the problem, so to speak, um, it's hard for us to really do anything about that. So that's problem one, is dealing with that, uh, dealing with the Red Maw, retrieving the crown. Several earthquakes have also been uh, striking the planet uh, recently, not as big as when the lightning strike happened um, a few weeks ago, but registering um, high on the Richter scale, uh, and we're worried that the crystal at the center of the Power and Lights District is uh, unstable because of whatever the Red Maw are doing down there. So that's kind of been priority number one for the Jedi Order is figuring out how to maneuver that. The Hive satellite is still orbiting Centax 3, which is part of the reason why we can't just commit to one option right now, because we know with the size of their satellite and the movement we can register from inside it, there is quite a lot of firepower on that thing. Um, It's basically its own small space fleet um, floating in our upper atmosphere. We're worried that as soon as we commit hard to solving one or the other of the, these two problems, the other side's going to make a move. So we can't have all our units in space if the Red Maw is about to do something drastic in the Power and Lights District, and it's hard for us to commit to the Power and Lights District without taking our resources away from monitoring the satellite around Centax 3. So that's kind of where we are right now in terms of big picture problems. Um, any questions so far? Yeah, would it be possible to address both problems simultaneously? Maybe call in some backup from a different of your uh, Jedi friends, different planet? Well, so that's part of the problem, is the Jedi's resources are spread out throughout the whole galaxy. Um, right now, there are several Jedi Masters here that could deal with the problem um we've yet to decide what the best course of action is given our information likely uh we need to well i don't know i'm not really in charge of many of these decisions anymore but if i were to do this i would have a small discrete team of relatively unknown personnel infiltrate one area or the other while the bulk of the Jedi's forces distract the other side, 
uh, with the hopes that the smaller team would be able to uh, quickly deal with one problem so that the bulk of the Jedi's forces could then uh, converge on the other. All right, Akla, well, I say we could go find them a team somewhere. Yeah, if only we knew someone, like a group of relatively, you know, unknown people who had experience with either one of these things. Wouldn't even have to be fully briefed because they already know the situation. My thoughts exactly. We'll keep our eyes out. It would be convenient if such a team existed. Right. <sighs> well, also, it's really unfortunate uh, that we don't know anybody. And you see, like, your master, <laughs> like, like, smile and, like, you see, like, lines on his face appear there that, like, look like have not been exercised in a while where it's like, oh, like, this, like, smile, like, might be, like, difficult. Um, but he's, like, is very happy to just be a part of this banter um, with yeah, Al and uh, the Seeing Kobe smile makes Elle smile. You missed him. Um, <clears throat> um, I'm all about levity and, and such, but uh, before I forget... Is there any sort of master list of refugees who made it out of the quarantine zone before it got shut down? Or oh. the dead? There's a... I have an old friend there. Uh, emphasis on old. Like, old. Um, let me just... No, don't roll for that. <laughs> <laughs> They're just fine. <laughs> We're, we're worried um, about old Davy, Rob. We're worried about old Davy. Yeah, I know. I picked up on it. Don't roll for old Davy. <laughs> old Davy and his beautiful wife got out there perfectly intact. I don't think he rolled for it. I think he's just trying to be mean to us. <laughs> Rob has done nothing but be mean. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Bully. Bully my characters okay. by putting them in situations. <laughs> I don't need to emphasize this further, but I'll tell you. I'm used to looking at everything with a dollar sign, and people are used to looking at me as uh, a pile of guns, which is fair. Mm -hmm. um, but he, uh, he looked at me as something else, and uh, it'd mean the world to me if we could find him. Um, well, I, from what I hear, the reports have said that, that a, a decent amount of the population was able to get out of the Power and Lights District before things got too crazy. Um, I think that the Order and the, the general government of Coruscant has been trying to keep track of refugees. Um, we've got some pretty complex and like robust systems in place for people that get displaced because of natural disaster or, um, you know, galactic situations. Uh, crazy shit happens pretty often around here. Uh, what I'm saying is that I'll check. Thank you. Um, did, did you have a name? Uh, wait, what was his full name? Didn't we learn it when he was like he was vouching for me on trial? I think, I think so. I don't remember. It. We did. This is why I, I needed my notes. <laughs> somebody tell me what his real name is. Did you? But did you really write his full name? Yes, I did. I remember exactly. Hold up. I'll pull up the episode. No. <laughs> 
Oh, it was like I something should. weird, like Octavius Alexander or something. Yeah, I like know. It's it was, it's like, he has like five names. Hold yeah. on, let me let me. I, I wrote pull it down. It <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, trust your notes to be that. <laughs> my notes have the most important information. I don't need things about plot. I don't need things about use. I need things like Davy's full name and how gay um, people are being. <laughs> Yeah, David Alexander Octavius Red. See, I well told done. you. I knew. Octavius Rex. Yeah. Yeah, I knew David it was Alexander Rex because I wrote Octavius it down Rex. in my memory. So, oh my God. King David no Alexander the Great, <laughs> Octavius as in the birth name of Caesar Augustus, and Rex yeah. as in Latin for king. <laughs> David Alexander the Eighth King, I think, is kind of like uh, what that roughly comes out to, but. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, David wow, Alexander Octavius Rex <laughs> is his name. His mm. wife's name is Old Debbie. Oh. Um, okay. He got, like takes that down in a note. Uh, sounds, this guy sounds important. Um, well, uh, anybody I should know? Does he? Yeah. Is he like a politician or like a foreign dignitary? Or? I'll be totally honest. I. Uh, we have no idea what he is. I mean, I do. He's actually, he's just a member of the community. A little, little weird, a little strange, but pretty well respected. Has everyone's best interest at heart. A little bit of an anarchist, but, you know, in a good way. Yeah. We, uh, okay. we vibed, as you could say. You vibed, okay. Um, well, I'll look forward, I'll look into this man with, um, apparently amazing vibes who's community-oriented. Um, Great. Um, I'll, uh, about T minus two hours until uh, the council meeting, so maybe we should get going. Um, actually, if you two could just like hang around, because they might want to talk to you guys as well. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, postmortem, wrap up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So... As you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, But take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time possibly so um yeah that's that's what we're gonna do 
Um, which also means this is going to be my last announcement, update, whatever thing ever, probably. So, um, yeah. I don't know. That's really all I kind of have to say. I'm a little behind on our social media pages, so I apologize for that. But um, we'll we'll get there. We'll catch up. And, um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then um, I'm not 100% sure when the wrap-up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while, simply because a lot of us are busy um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, so they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually. Um, we're going to try to squeeze them in quick, but if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute, but they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. (laughs) Um, they'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. I think that's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because I don't know. It's. It's almost over. Um, yeah. Thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but, yeah. That's, that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Um, so we're going to say that we like cut a few hours um, into time and we're going to move to the council room um, of the Jedi Council. So there's there's seven members of the Jedi Council. To be on the council, you have to be voted on by the other members, um, and you have to have attained the rank of master. So not every master is a council member, but all the council members are masters. So L, you're led into this like large circular room with uh, like seven large, like very cozy, kind of like egg-shaped chairs <laughs> um, uh, where just Each like one is, has a different, huh? <laughs> just like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like Star Wars. Uh, weren't, weren't the chairs egg-shaped in the prequels? Weren't they like these goofy, like yeah, big kind of said, like, that's, yeah. That's why yeah. I said just like Star Wars. I see it <laughs> yeah. in my mind. This is just like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, the big glass windows. Um, In the center, Uh, like, so you walk in t- and you can like stand like in this, like center floor. Do area, I get a chair, like the... or do I just have to stand the whole time? No, no. There's only seven of them. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, fair. that's reasonable, but I just wanted to know. Um. So, uh, Corn- Master Cornelius kind of like leads you into like the center, like well of this council room, and he steps like back into the right. Um. He's wearing like his formal mask and his formal robes. Um. And you see, like in the very center, is Master Grimwald, um, who is also like floating above her chair. Um, like show off. She she does not fuck with the ground or walking, um, which is honestly is some like real queen shit to just like turn 150 and be like walking sucks. Uh, <laughs> and um, to her left is Master uh, Ugly, 
And then to Master Uglay's left is Bronze Beckham, the Master at Arms. Um, and then uh, on the last um, chair on that side is a, a Rodian Jedi Master who you recognize as Master Wynn. Um, on the other side um, is an older Arcanian woman um, who has like all white hair, white eyes. Um, Arcanians are like four-fingered humanoid adjacent uh, species that tend to be a little bit taller um, and a little bit shysty. Um, <laughs> they're, they're like they're like they're like the the real like Star Wars version of like elves to humans. Of yeah, like, that's, that's yes, how they sound hot. <laughs> Yeah, these these little like cute actual humans. We're like the better humans, um, the older humans. Um, so that's like kind of the Arcanians vibe. Um, then to uh, the other side of her is a Jedi Master uh, who's a Nautilus, whose name is Master Plaque. Um, and then the final chair is taken up by a Duros um, with that's actually like wearing like a like large like sun brimmed hat um, that's like evocative of the American West. Um, and he has like red glowing eyes. Like Duros are kind of reptilian creatures. He has like blue skin. Um, you love a nod to the genre. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So those are the council members that you're dealing with here. Um, your master says, um, I present to the council former Jedi acolyte and former knight uh, L, who has returned after a leave of absence after being lost in the jungles of Rhodia. Very good, thank you, Master Cornelius. We call the council to order to deliberate on the fate and status of erstwhile member L, dearly and formally departed acolyte of the guardian or the, or the guardian order. Yes, we are here to decide what place L has within the Jedi Order going forward. These circumstances are highly unusual, but uh, desertion of the Jedi Order is not a matter of first impression before the Council. Traditional punishments are varied from banishment to execution, absolvement to entanglement, and outright imprisonment. As Grand Master, I motion that we move to question L on their whereabouts and intentions while away from the Order. Um, you see like a series of, uh, like other masters second the motion. Um, I nominate that master bronze Beckham to the inquisition. Bronze Beckham, again, this like tall, very like stout and bulky human man with a handlebar mustache, um, clears his throat. Uh, L. L. Uh, good to see you again. Likewise. What? happened when you died right all right so i fell off a cliff uh i don't really know how long i was at the bottom of it there's a lot of my memory that's not quite there i know i was on rhodia several months uh some of the locals i guess nursed me back to health for a while uh i remember coming back to coruscant and i think that's about when my memory started uh like 
really, really forming again. And then uh, when I got back here, I saw that I'd been dead for quite some time and I uh, ended up with power and lights and I was just, you know, gonna sort of sit for a while, try and figure out my thoughts for a day or two. And then a day or two became a week or two. And then I was just there and I started helping people in the community and all sorts of things. And, uh, well, by the time, you know, I realized probably should have said something, it had been a while and I, I kind of got used to being dead, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. There's like a, like a set of like murmurs and like, uh, like noises of like interrogative disapproval kind of like ripple through the Jedi masters. Um, the Arcanian woman, um, like looks like who has like a very like kind of straight backed posture. Um, she says, um, and why exactly did you not come back to the Jedi Order as soon as you were able to? I mean, like, I figured y'all had left me to die, so it just seemed like it was easier if I stayed dead. Hmm. And if I'm being honest, there's not a, a whole lot of agency in the same way, you know, when you're when you're raised in the Jedi Order. I just, you know, from a young age I was here and you're given a path and I'm not interested in like the dark side or like power or anything, so I just followed the path that was laid out for me and I realized that even though I technically had a choice. I really hadn't made a decision for my own, and this was the one chance I got to do that. Hmm. Okay. Um, roll me a persuasion check. What is that? A seven, eight? Is it eight? Uh, 16. Oh, wait. Hold on. Persuasion. Wait. Persuasion might be the one that I'm worse at. Yeah. God. Um, 13. Wait. Hold on. Wait. Let me see what my forced personality does. Maybe I get something <laughs> with that. What do I get with that? Jedi mind tricking the council. It's not Jedi mind tricking. <laughs> it's just my natural. I am a natural radiant presence. Uh, no, it's a 13. 13. Um, as you say, like these things about like never having like a real choice and like lacking agency within the Jedi order. Um, you see that like, you see like the Nautilin and, uh, the yeah like the nautilin and the arcanian woman like both like kind of like look disapprovingly um like they're just like not really buying it and uh bronze says so you you say that you feel like you were abandoned and left for dead by the order how do you account for the fact that you evaded detection on rhodia for close to four months while we searched i really don't know i don't have any memory of that I didn't know what was going on. I figured, I mean, like, this is the Jedi Order, you know? 
Hmm. How do you account for that fact? Um, the Grand Master reaches out a hand, like uh, well, her her only hand. Um, it's like a, this like withered old lady's hand, and she like closes her eyes and like reaches out to you. Um, and says, "Hmm, this is very strange." How do we account for this? We have considerable resources, and yet you vanished off of the face of the map in a jungle in Rodia. Master Wynne, you're familiar with the Rodian jungles. How likely is it to disappear in them when being searched for by a platoon of four sensitive trackers? Um, Master Wynne d- can't um speak galactic basic out loud because it, as a rhodian he doesn't have the right biology for it um so he just communicates in his own language um uh, which is then like retranslated back to you guys um what does actually i'm gonna say like? like does anybody does anybody know rhodian for like four months even though i don't remember it do i like subconsciously did i learn the language were people just uh, talking at me that would make sense you would you uh like on an actual mission you'd have uh like translation like materials with you um okay. but I'm, like it's you, you might not necessarily have that like in the current situation um yeah, so um the rodian it's like uh like rodians have like a weird like snoot kind of face that has like it's almost like a trunk mm-hmm. sort of deal um so it's like a series of kind of like just give it your best shot so the Rodian um uh like speaks out loud um and it's like kind of like a, a very kind of like throaty um well Axel this is this is dumb because they like the, it, I'm looking at the the dialogue in the movie and they just like speak normal like language but it's just not galactic basic um but like it definitely are, can be articulated anyway I'm fucking rambling um I'm just being uh, annoying <laughs> No, it's okay. Um, the Rodian says, um, um, and uh, Master Grimald says, I see. Well, that was the mission to research the Order of the Bendu. It is possible that El found it and was concealed by their members. There should not be large groups of native rhodians deep in the heart of the jungle but an order trying to escape notice that is not out of the question um master grimald is going to try to like search your mind um real quick um is this something that you would like oppose honestly master grimald seems kind of like a homie (laughs) so i'm gonna let it happen just relax your mind for a second child uh Mm, yes. Um, so what she's searching for is, like, are you, like, up to no good? Or were you just, like, really just, like, taking an opportunity to, like, live a somewhat normal life, like, outside of the order? Um, she rolled a 12. Like, what do you think she finds? Um, like, kind of on the surface of your brain. Yeah, I think on the surface, it's, like, I think... There's been so much time that Elle has actively avoided trying to think about any of this that there's probably like some conclusions and thoughts that are coalescing now as 
he's trying to like defend himself to the council. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, it just it with a twelve and like the surface level, it is genuinely like a like L was very hurt and confused, but also like felt a little bit of freedom and you know what what they chose to do with that freedom is he just like went around and fucking helped people in the slums of the power and lights district like it's very clear that l wasn't like going on some sort of weird power fantasy or trying to cover anything up um but uh i think probably surface level l is also just thinking about the bend dude now because he's not like he's not like great at like espionage and stuff and is just like uh what does this mean was the order of the bend dude can like evade the Jedi, what does that mean? Blah, blah, blah. So it's probably just a little bit of that. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. That's a lot for 12. (laughs) I'm just thinking of the the Minecraft. Yeah, I know. I was, like, hearing Minecraft Villager in my head. I mean, Um, it's a lot for 12, but also L isn't, like, trying to oppose it. (laughs) Yeah. I've done nothing wrong at all. Except for maybe I, I feel bad about Kobe. That's the only thing I'll, I'll think I did wrong. <laughs> There's a lot of regret there. Um, the master, uh, the headmaster of the order, like retracts her hand, like puts it back into kind of like her furling robes, um, and says, "I am convinced that this child is not attempting to abandon the order so much as." have independence away from it. I don't see that the ideals of the Order have been abandoned within your mind, Elm. From what I can see, you've spent the past few years helping your community on Coruscant. And have also killed some things with a lightsaber, but, you know, Velt's had it coming, for sure. Um... I am convinced that we should take the punishment of execution off the table. Um, motion to vote on taking execution off as one of the possible punishments. Um, there's a series of seconds. Um, we're just gonna we're just gonna roll here to see how the vote goes. Um. Basically, the room split 50-50. So, Whose ass do I have uh, to kick? Like, what the <laughs> hell, man? Um, That's a kind of a gamble, like, workplace-wise. You imagine if they don't kill L, and then you're, like, sitting next to them in the cafeteria. Yeah, it's definitely... The opposite of execution is culture. not, like... Yeah. I mean, the opposite of execution is not you're hired. It's, like, probably something else. Um... So let's see, like the, the Grandmaster, um, Ugle, Bronze, um, they all like vote in favor of like staying in execution. Uh, Master Guinevere Titus, who's the Arcanian, Master Plaque, the Nautilin, um, and uh, the Rodian, Master Win, all vote in favor of keeping execution with um, Master John Marshall, the Duros, uh, abstaining in the vote. Um, Okay, well, Master Marshall, you're going to have to cast a vote. Um, the Duros like looks at you, L, and says, mm, "What's up, kid? Huh? What's up? What's your deal?" Uh, 
Yeah, I um, I I don't I don't really know at this point. I I don't really, I've really thought that far ahead. Hmm. I just uh, I mean, if as much as I would rather not get executed, uh, I'd rather die than go in prison. So. Right on. If you were able to walk out of here today, what would you do? God. Well, I think we first got to handle that shit with... Uh, sorry. We have to handle those things. <laughs> oh! oh There's like a whole like, like round of gasps around the Jedi Council. <laughs> we, we had to uh, probably handle all that stuff with the Purple Smoke and the Power and Lights District. Um, I think it might be problematic to stay around. I don't, I don't know how y'all would feel about me being near, so I might just leave and find some place to settle down, kind of do what I did here, just somewhere else in the universe. I don't know, maybe go back and try and find family, hmm. other people. Like me. He uh, votes in favor to stay the execution after hearing your response. Um, Wonderful. Well, execution has been stayed. Now it is time to decide what other punishment we shall levy against our deserter here. Um, Can I hear a proposal? Um, And the Duros, who was just talking to you, I propose that we grant El their wish. Send them straight to the Power and Lights District to sort out the mist. Send a few operatives of our own and then come to a more concrete decision about what to do later. Okay, all in favor of voting for that. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, all right. This is, solves the problem, sure. <laughs> all this parliamentary procedure. Then, all right, guys, who thinks that sounds good? <laughs> uh, listen, the Jedi play fast and loose with their rules all the fucking time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, not really. It's just like the council has to decide one way or another, like what to do with you. Um, Master Guinevere and. Uh, the Nautilin look pissed um, and they vote not to let you like go out. Um, <laughs> but we're just going to like do one more roll just to make sure there's like not any surprises. Yeah, we're good to go. Um, so thank God the Grandmaster, Master Uglé, Bronze Beckham, um, and John Marshall all vote to uh, basically table this discussion until we can deal with the Power and Lights District. Since that's what you wanted to do anyway, they're going to send you on a team to go handle that right so while you uh in the meantime you will not have access to uh any of the materials or facilities of the jedi order um without supervision uh you are not a jedi anymore your status as a jedi has been formally revoked and uh once the matter at hand has been dealt with we'll discuss uh what your future is in relation to the Jedi Order once again. Um, likely, you will be 
removed from the planet um, as a medium middle ground for leaving the Jedi Order. Dismissed, and you guys are taken out of the Jedi Council. Um, I think Rama and Akko are probably like waiting outside. <laughs> hey, uh, how do you think it's going in there? Uh, I don't know. I know there's a few wild cons sitting on that council, so it's hard to tell. You, uh, you don't really think they'll kill him, do you? I don't know. It's happened in the past, but I would hope the people running this order wouldn't be so cruel. Um, yeah, a few minutes later, Elle comes out, so I'll just let you guys have a conversation for a while. Oh, I don't say anything when I come out. I just walk out, kind of. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some coffee. <laughs> um, well, how did it go? Yeah, uh, went fine. Uh, heading to the Power and Lights district to go figure out what's going on there and put a stop to it and then then we have another one of these little things so they haven't made a decision no nah, uh executions off the table they're they're leaning towards some things but probably not worth worrying about till after it's set right yeah uh clay cornelius follows you out and is basically like well um went better than could have um well, I I guess what we were joking about at the breakfast table is going to be the reality. It sounds like we're going to the Power and Lights District. Wait, are you coming with us? Yet to be seen. Do you want me to? I mean, if, if you want to. I'll... You don't have to if you don't, if you don't want to. I was just, I was just wondering... Let's let these plans develop. The council's just decided that you're going to do something, but no plans have been right, right. really ironed out. So we'll, we'll put a pin in that for now. Um, Rama, um, you have an errand to take care of, buddy. Can I, can I, can I go do that? Do we have, do we have time? Yeah, we have time <laughs> to go do that. Episode. Can I go get it, please? <laughs> okay, I'm going to get it. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. need to, like, hitch a ride. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so, uh, Akuma L. So uh, now that I'm officially a Jedi, I'm going to hold up my visitor's pass with, like, the, the black and white Mandalorian helmet. Do I, uh, do I get to borrow a speeder or something? Somebody could drive it back. We could carpool. I uh, I think Bronze could get that arranged for you. Excellent. Or Bronze could drive me. I mean, the guy drives me crazy, but I might need some tips on, uh, you know, weapons and stuff. I'm sure. Uh, um. Yeah. I mean, like, so Bronze <laughs> is just coming out of the council meeting, but you could like go to like his um like armory and like talk to him about like trying to like rent a vehicle or something. All right. Hey, uh, Bronze. I got. First off, how's it going? Oh, um, hi, uh, Mr. Rama Viron, is that right? That's the one, yeah. I was, uh, arrested and put on trial here not too long ago, and, uh, uh, good friends with Akla. Not, like, you know, enough association to where I'd smear her name with my criminal record. Just good fr also friends with L, uh, but not... You know, maybe, never mind. I don't think it, 
I, I, I'm not supposed to be here. I don't know Jedi. Oh, that's even worse. Uh, <gasps> Roll me a charisma check. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roll ro- me, cri- ro- me a charisma check. D- charisma? This raw yeah. charisma? <laughs> yeah. Else? Okay. Uh, all right, boys. That's a two on the die plus two charisma. That's a five. Um, as you kind of keep, like, he was, like, with you at the beginning, and then you, like, completely lost him the more you kept talking, and he kind of, like, ruffles his mustache and says, uh, yeah, no, great to see you. I'm very busy, so I'm just gonna get going here. Um, and he, like, goes to, like, move and, like, do something else and starts walking away from you. Uh, hey, but before you go, can I borrow a ship? Just a speeder. A speeder. Motor bike. My bike works. I can load it in. I got a razor crest. I got to pick up. Uh, uh, roll me a persuasion check. If I'm if I'm in the room, can I like give him a little nod? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you could. Yeah. Uh, sure. Advantage yeah. of Akalev yeah, just roll, for me. Yeah, is gonna give you the help advantage by looking at Brian. Like, <laughs> Thank <please>. goodness, because <laughs> the first time I rolled a five, which was an eight, so I rolled an eighteen. That's a plus three. That is a twenty-one. <laughs> Um, he looks at you, Rama, and he looks at, like, the hand cannon pistol that you have, and he says, Yeah, you could borrow, like, a speeder bike for a little bit if you need to go pick up your ship. Um, mind if I look at that weapon that you have there? I, I don't really uh, give out the weapons, part of the religious thing. You know how you guys say, like, would you like some force with that? You know, it's like my thing is I don't give my weapons or take my hat, like helmet off. So Right, so I'm not going to respect your religion if you don't respect my religion. I see how that kind of works. There's like a reciprocal respect that needs to be accomplished there before you can really, like, attack my beliefs. And then Absolutely. Yours, you know? Yeah, Hobbesian ideal, right. Anyway, so where can I find that ship? Uh, yeah. Uh, he, like, force picks up, like, a set of, like, keys. Um, it's not really, like, even a set. It's just, like, a small, like, like singular key. Um, and he, uh, points you over towards, like, uh, a very, like, shitty, like, old, uh, speeder bike. Um, that, like, is able to get off the ground, but is, like, <laughs> topping out, like, well below the speed limit, uh, for Coruscant, says, yeah, why don't you take that one? That one, we don't really care about. Um, hey, it's just, like, uh, this, like, old rust bucket. Well, you did do me a favor. Here. And I'm gonna hand him the, uh, the, the hand cannon, and say, <clears throat> I, uh, never wanted what was much one for rules anyway i guess but mm. uh sorry for insulting you it's okay i just want to take a look at it um he like takes the weapon and it's like so heavy he's like jesus <laughs> um, i know it's a it's a two-handed blaster to, like hand blaster but it's, i don't know it's like you just put it in microsoft word and then took the corner and drag it out to like Bigging it, you know. Yeah, no, it's a it's a big pistol. I got it. Um, and Huge. <laughs> I just like the idea of like you hand this like oversized weapon to to this weapon master. You're like it's a big weapon. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, he takes it and says, "This is 
um, kind of a monster of a pistol. Um, do you mind if I just like kind of like dissect this and take a look at it while you're gone? I'll give it uh, back. I just am curious about how this is working. You have my permission. Sure. Um, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to jump on the speeder and and go like 10 miles an hour and speed the <laughs> I think this thing runs like gasoline. <laughs> it does. Um, from the dark ages. <laughs> Alright, so um, I'm going to head on down to pick up the razor crest <laughs> yeah so the like you so you got like the, the message before rosie died um on your communicator about like go to jackson's garage um it's a garage in 500 republica um that is like um it's a ground like it's a ground level garage so you're not going to like, one of these mega towers um but you pull into this like auto repair shop basically that has like, a deep garage underground that there's like a bunch of maintenance being done to there's a big sign that says jackson's garage that like is lit up um with kind of like blue neon lights um as you pull in and kind of go up to the front desk um there's a ton of like worker robots that are like making repairs in various ships that they all like look identical they're all like standing upright kind of like rusted orange like metal um like not skin but like orange like metal uh like robotic parts so they're all kind of like a uniform color with blue overalls um kind of like mechanics jumpsuits um and these bots are all named uh yeah are all named tony so there's just like a bunch of uh bots going around saying uh Tony solder, Tony, Tony, Tony drill, Tony, Tony bolt, Tony, Tony solder, Tony, Tony. Hey, um, Tony, how you doing? This is uh, Rama. I'm looking for Tony. Can I? If your name is Tony, please raise your hand. We're all Tony, um, as they all like say in unison. Um, and then you, as you're kind of messing around with all the Tony bots, um, uh, uh, a actual <laughs> person um, comes out. Um, you see a uh, male Pantoran, um, who is a humanoid-looking, um, like tall, about six foot tall, uh, blue-skinned uh, humanoid with white and orange uh, face-painted streaks down his face. He wears a mechanic's black jumpsuit, um, but the sleeves have been completely torn off to allow for uh, the bulk of his completely metal prosthetic arms. Um, which connect to his torso at the shoulders. Um, he walks around and he says, Hey, who's messing with the Tonys? Hey, that's me. Hey, hey, I got an idea. I got an idea. And uh, can I be like, if your name is Tony, uh, just uh, turn around three times. Tony, 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 and they all uh, like start spinning around like mid work, and he says, "Get back to work, Tonys. Um, back to work, back to work, back to work." Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, um, I'm the, here to pick up my uh, my razor crest. Her name is Thorn. Um, uh, the person who footed the bill for it is uh, no longer with us. Oh, jeez, you're kidding me. Rosie died? Yeah, well, I mean, 
I don't know what the philosophical implications of being a sentient AI is. I guess permanently shut off. But yeah, she she died. It was a. Uh, it's pretty. It's a. Uh, yeah. Oof. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, she was a she was a neat droid lady. She always paid in advance and you know always treated me well. So, uh, rest in peace. Rest but in peace. Your ship is completed. Uh, the thorn is back up in tip top shape. Um, yeah, it's just around in the garage. Uh, oh, by the way, my name is uh, is Jack Sonahue. This is my garage. Jack Sonahue. Um, Nice speeches, Ramavaron. Yeah. Oh, any, yeah. Anybody killed, I'll kill them as soon as I get my bounty hunter license back or brought in alive. That is a hell of an offer. Yeah. Um, and you see on his name tag, his full name is, is Jackson Hugh Molly Diaz, if you're interested. <laughs> in full name. That's awesome. Uh, um, you're really cool. I hope you show up later. What? Uh, I mean, I'll just be at my garage, but yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, it's kind of cool meeting a Mandalorian too. I don't see the first time I really met uh, one to use and you know to work on the Razor Crest. I mean, she's like a really a beautiful piece of technology. You don't really see much kind of creative uh, shipbuilding anymore. You know, like the Mandalorians have a real sense of like ganache, like some style. You know, some like a real you know chutzpah in that how they design it. You know, you guys just really carry yourself with a good sense of style. And I think the Mandalorian Razor Crest, uh, you know, connection is a real real symbol of kind of the the height of shipbuilding culture you know he kind of like goes on about like kind of the specs of your ship and about how it was like a joy to work on um and he leads you to this like beautiful um like completely like renovated razor crest ship that has like the base coat of like the chrome silver accented with the rose gold that was uh the same color as like rosie's like body and you see um like a rose emblem that leads into a sprawling hand that says the thorn on it on the side of the ship. Um, you're able to like go into it <laughs> if you'd like. Awesome. I'm gonna wheel the gonna drop the, the lift gate, wheel the, the bike into the back of it and take a look around. Um, as you like lower the uh, like yeah, like the back back ramp um that allows you like load cargo into the hole um yeah you see like everything on the inside has been like replaced or uh refurbished so that's like in like close to original condition um your uh carbonite hold has been like repaired so that you can still like freeze <laughs> people in carbonite <laughs> if you need to um uh, yeah, but otherwise it's like pretty much completely empty. You wheel the like gas bike <laughs> um, uh, into your Razor Crest, um, and as you look around, um, you notice something um, in the cockpit of your ship. Um, you turn around one of the leather cushioned pilot's chairs, and you see that there is a jetpack and an envelope. Uh, on the chair. <laughs> I wanted to pick it up. <laughs> um, great. So the the jetpack is kind of just like a standard jetpack. Um, basically, uh, it's a you know personal aerial aerial device that allows you to fly through the air in any direction. Um, it gives you thirty feet of flying speed. Um, 
the jetpack lasts for one minute per power cell and it's fully loaded with 10 power cells at the moment. So you get 10 total minutes of flight time um, before you have to recharge your power cells. Um, and then in the envelope, it has um, like Rosie's signature on it um, for you. If you open it up, I'm, I'll open it up. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you're not going to save that for later, right? Um, <laughs> and it just has, like, essentially a flash drive inside the envelope um, with, like, a little, like, rubber, um, like, rose, uh, like, aglet basically, like, dangling off of it. Um, and, like, on the tag of the flash drive, it says uh, foreign OS update dash RZ. I'm just going to plug it into the Razor Crest for the hologram. Um, you plug it into your ship, and the ship boots up. Like, your engines, like, fire automatically, and, like, your entire ship boots up. Um, and you see across your, uh, screen, like, the holographic, like, heads-up display starts loading in this new operating system. And you see just, like, a flash of different, like, download files, like, being uploaded onto your system. Um, you notice that your, like, previous AI gets completely overwritten. Um, and after a few minutes, like all your systems come up on your heads up display and you see like a little rose symbol uh, like flash across the HUD and um, no way. a uh, holographic version of Rosie appears on your ship's screen and says, Hello, I am Rosie. I am the new ship AI for the Razorcrest Thorn. Rosie, I'm going to wipe off the grime I put over the rose symbol to like you know to show him ready to be back in their service and I'm gonna, I'm gonna look out into the into the stars you know and say we got a job to do <laughs> great and you uh take off uh, and uh get out of the garage out of jackson's uh garage and you fly into the night um your ai like uh starts talking to you a little bit um and says uh, this is my first time on a flight, so you'll have to excuse me as I calibrate all your systems. Um, and you just see, like, the guns, like, auto-fire for a second, like, and you're like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> um, safety has been turned on. Uh, the ship just kind of, like, recalibrates itself for a second. Um, I want to make something clear, because I know that you knew my creator. I am not the entity known as Rosie. I am a copy of the essential functions of her AI. Unfortunately, my creator was unable to replicate the more astute and human versions of her own operating system that gave her so much life. So, I am an approximation. I, uh, I figured, considering you were on a flash drive, um, but, uh, anyway, I guess I'll have her in my memory. Yes, we will all remember Rosie. Um, yeah, and uh, you guys just chill out in the atmosphere. Um, the ship is yours to do with as you'd like. Are you going to head back to the Jedi Order? Yeah, yep. I'm going to drive back and land. And uh, I guess where Bronze sent me off, blow the drop gate, just... <laughs> and uh, give him back the motorcycle. Like, uh, <clears throat> hey, uh, here's the bike back. Uh, I forgot to fill it up with gas. You wouldn't believe how few gas stations there are in 
the future, so. Oh, that's fine. Um, nice shit. Razorcrest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. She's pretty. Um, I've been taking a look at your gun. Um, this thing is heavy as fuck. And yeah. I realized that you could save some weight on it if you just took out some of the, like, the ornamentation on it. Um, so I basically shaved down the barrel a little bit, took out some of the more ornamental metal plating, uh, reduced the weight a little bit. Um, you might be able to, to fire this in one hand uh, oh. if you're strong enough. What's your strength um, score? Uh, strength is, it's a, uh, strength is a flat zero. I got, because I have 11 strength, but 20 dex. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure if you, you worked out your arms a little bit, you might be able to fire this in one hand now. Um, so it is now a one-handed weapon, but you do require a strength score of, I'm going to say 14 to wield it. So you, you need to find it. some way to to up your strength score. Um, so think about it. that in the meantime. Um, Woo-wee! Great. Well, Rama has his ship back. L has been given uh, essentially temporary probation to go deal with the catastrophe in the Power and Lights District. And Akala has been promoted to Jedi Knight. And with that, we are going to end our session. Next time on Guild Fellows, we'll kick some ass. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.